In today's podcast, Dutch joins real estate investor and award-winning writer Hia Ming Huang to discuss Rad Diversified and the direction the company is heading towards. Dutch dives deep into the process and intricacies of Rad's farmland projects and how they are built to run and produce. He also discusses metaverse investments and where Rad is today thanks to the huge growth the company has seen over the past couple of years. Now, the only way we can do that today is two years ago, right? We were paying attention to what we were going to be doing two years later, three years later, because the market shifts and you have to be ahead of the market. If you wait till the market has moved, you know, to buy things, to sell things, then you're already too late. So for us, we're paying attention to where the market's headed, where the market's shifting and where we need to have our investments. It all comes back to even for me, when you talk about investing differently based on the markets, it all comes back to location. All that and more right here on the Rad Podcast. So I believe my audience is already pretty familiar with Red Diversified. They know it's a real estate investment trust. Now you have a new fund that is for farmland. What can you tell us about it? Oh man, it's so exciting. Our, our real estate farmlands, all about income producing farmland and also real estate development land. And so what's exciting is over the years with Rad Diversified REIT, we've been able to make great money and great income with that type of investment property. And so we decided to open an investment fund exclusively focused on land. Um, we see the the multiple and we see the growth. We see where the economy is going. And we think it's, you know, one of the best investments you can make right now. And it's about, you know, investing in the right type of real estate before the market gets there, not after the market gets there. So I'm excited with what we're doing with farmland. Um, I can get individually, you know, specific about different types of income producing farmland and different types of development land that we're doing. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun and, and it's a very different journey. Is this fund inside the REIT or it's completely separated? So we've been buying income producing farmland inside Rad Diversified, and we've mm-hmm. been buying development land inside Rad Diversified. Now we're opening a specialty investment REIT that only focuses on income producing farmland and only produce and only on development land. And so it has a very hyper focus into those arenas and areas. Oh, so it's a separate REIT. Yeah, it's a separate REIT. So um, we run what's called simultaneous offers, right? And uh-huh. so what that is, is the, the federal government, right? Um, in order to be SEC qualified, they only allow you to raise X amount of capital per year in any investment fund. Well, we've been raising the 75 million and rad diversified over and over. And so now it's about, you know, how do we continue to grow and expand as a company? And our investors have been asking us for a long time, you know, would we open a second investment vehicle for them? Would we mm-hmm. open another uh, REIT for them? And the answer is yes, right? We just want to make sure we do it the right way. We want to do it the smart way, but you know, we do it in something that we know we're making money in. Okay. I know there are some crowdfunding platforms for investing in farmland. So mm-hmm. how, uh, how is your fund different? You know, I don't really worry about whether we're different or, or this. I just worry about how we do things, right? Mm-hmm. And the way we do things is we identify farmland and we find a, a nice niche. And what I mean by niche is, you know, it's, it's we, we buy farmland that is bigger than the everyday average 
business person or the everyday farmer can purchase. It's still mm-hmm. smaller than the giant conglomerates, right? The giant farmland companies that own, you know, billions of acres, but we're buying farms anywhere from a thousand to 2000 acres at a time. Uh, they produce anywhere from a couple hundred thousand to, to a few million dollars in income. And we take them to their full capacity. You know, lots of times these farms have been passed down generationally and the, you know, generational uh, families, you know, aren't interested in farming. They're not as, you know, they weren't born into it in the way and falling in love with it, you know, the way their parents did. And so now they, they lease it out to a master farmer. They lease it out to somebody who's not taking care of the farm. And so they start to become a little dilapidated, become undercared for. And so what we do is we go in and we put in technology and we go in and we put Mm -hmm. in irrigation and we go in and take care of the soil the right way. And so we're able to merely maximize the income that they produce. And, you know, great examples are Weezer Idaho farm. You know, when we first bought it, it made $40,000 the first year. This year we're on track to make over $600,000 by current income standards. So it's pretty awesome. Okay, from my understanding, um, if you invest in one of the crowdfunding platforms, you are actually investing in a specific parcel, right? But if uh, investors invest in your fund, uh, it's in the RIT. The RIT has many parcels, not to just one. Yeah, so the industry that that we're in, right, the Regulation A uh, industry is a crowdfunding industry. But we've gone, we're past the, what would I call, the brick and mortar mom and pops, right? A, mm-hmm. a, a crowdfunding company that does a few million dollars and raise capital by farmland or to buy something is, isn't what we are, right? Um, we, we raise, you know, over $75 million a year as a reggae qualified REIT with the SEC. That means we have to go through financial audits. That means we have to go through a rigorous process to be, to be qualified. So it's very different um, than what's a crowdfunding, a basic crowdfunding. CF, right? They, they have to do what's called a reg D. It's fairly simple mm-hmm. to open. They go to lawyers. Um, the lawyers set it up for them. What we do is just so much far beyond that from a regulatory standpoint and from a, a, a size of company from a, um, it, it's just very different, right? Um, yeah. there, there's some, it's, it's the difference between buying one or two houses or buying a, a hundred unit apartment complex, right? Or the difference between buying 10 apartments and, and, and buying a thousand apartments, right? It's the difference between us and, the, and, the, and those guys. Okay, from an investor's perspective, it's, um, it's a difference between investing one single parcel or and investing in yeah. a portfolio. Yeah. The, the nice part with a portfolio is you're investing in the whole, right? Yeah. And so, you know, if you invest in a single parcel, um, its income potential is, 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 is limited one, but two, if something goes wrong, your entire investment's tied up in only one performing asset, right? As we invest in a hundred assets or 200 assets, you know, if something goes awry with one asset, it doesn't affect the whole very much at, at a very small micro percentage. So from a macro standpoint, mm-hmm you know, we're able to invest in a lot of different real estate and a lot of different properties. Um, and, and we have a, you know, an economy of scale, you know, we're, we're approaching, you know, 200 million in total assets as, as the rad companies. And so, you know, we're just able to do a lot of things those types of companies can't do. So how many parcels do you have currently? Yeah, we're just over 4,200 4, acres total, right? In the rad mm-hmm. companies. And it's pretty amazing. You know, I think it's, that's broken up into about 20 different parcels 
um, across across the different farms that we own. Okay. Well, where are they located? Which state are they in? Yeah. So our home base is Idaho. That's where uh-huh. we bought our first farms, and we've continued to buy more and continued to expand there. Um, we've also bought in Tennessee. Um, we currently have properties under contract in West Virginia. So we're, you know, we're growing, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. For some people who never even thought about farmland, why invest in farmland? That's yeah, a great question. <laughs> My best example is hay, right? So hay is one of the crops that that we farm. Um, uh-huh. Our property produced probably a hundred tons of hay um, in 2020. This year, it'll probably produce around five to six thousand tons of hay. But it's not just mm-hmm. about how much we're producing; it's about what is the price per ton. So in 2020, the price per ton of hay was around $160 per ton. Now it's over $320 per ton. And so when I saw the pandemic hit and I saw the commodities and I saw they were going to be affected by supply chain, I said, look, these commodities are going to go up very fast in price. Um, Also with the Ukraine-Russia war, right, we started to see more things that were going to be affected. And so we invest in things that we know are going to continue to grow in price. They're going to win during hyperinflation. And so for us, it's all about, one, increasing the output increasing the mm-hmm. amount of farm production that we have. Number two, it's all about increasing the income. I mean, those two run hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know finding good deals in farmland is much harder than finding single family homes, right? How do you find the deals uh, in farmland space? Well, you have to have a grassroots effort, right? You have to have people on the ground. You have to have people that understand the industry, right? If I go in and I just start making offers on farms, farmers are going to be like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to build condominiums here? Are you going to turn it into industrial? Um, are you going to be doing, you know, workforce development? What are you going to be doing? No, for us, we're going to make it the best farm it's ever been. And so, you know, farmers like that and they like that we are a farming company. I think that's number one. I think number two is you have to have relationships. If you don't have mm-hmm. relationships within the community, within within the, the area, it's going to be tough, right? Farmers depend on farmers, right? They have each other's back. And so our people will go out and they'll help on the other farms in the area, whether it's cattle or whether it's, you know, the, the depending on the season, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I think that's very important. And I think that's something that's real unique um, to that community and real unique to that world. People who who farm for a living, right? Mm-hmm. They, they know what it's like to work hard. They know what it's yeah. like um, to have the weather work against them. They know what it's like to have the pressure of time. The one thing that we have that the traditional farmer doesn't have is we have resources. And so, you know, we can fly in people from other farms in order to help on our farm if we need to, right, in, a, in an emergency situation. But we also have financial resources in order to increase our irrigation, to increase our technology in ways that some farmers don't do, right? But the thing is, is, is it's a community, right? And so when our, when our, when our neighbors and, and people in the, you know, area need support and need help, we got their back. Not only is it that important, but then when they go to sell, when they go to offer their properties out, they're going to do it through the network first before they go mm-hmm. and list it publicly. And even once they list it publicly, they're more likely to sell to a farmer that they know. Okay. Uh, am I understanding it correctly that once you buy this land, you farm yourself, you have a team to uh, yeah, we have a team. We have a team less led by Dustin Warren and Rhett, and Rhett Warren, right? These are these are our leaders of our of our farmland business, right? Dusty's in charge of acquisitions and all farming. 
red it's red is his right hand and so our team is out there right we have people who live on site on property who do the farming and then our team is out there doing it every day okay so you are not Running. I wish I could sit here and tell you that I that I go on farms every single day, but you know, <laughs> yeah. my my job is to be able to look at what's coming, what's happening in the markets, what are the right type of crops in order to farm, what are the right decisions, right? One of the things we look at is weather patterns, right? We want to look at national weather patterns and see, hey, where is where is the world adjusting, right? Where is farmland that's not getting the right amount of rain now going to get the right amount of rain in two years, right? And so we start to look at those kind of things to get ahead of the curve. It's about, you know, that research to know what's coming. Mm. So you have a team to do the farming. You are not renting this land to farmers. Yeah, we, have, we haven't done master leases because what I found with master leases on farms is they just don't produce enough income, right? And then typically what those, those people leasing it mm -hmm. do is they don't take great, great care of the farms. What they do is they go in and they, they maximize the amount of crop they can make from, from individual acres. Um, and then they leave the rest of the acres to just, you know, sit um, and, and, and not, they're just not taking care of the way, the way, you know, we like our farms to be taken care of. Okay, so if someone bring you a possible deal, how do you analyze it? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways we're going to analyze it, right? First thing uh -huh. we're going to do is we're going to, you know, do comparison analysis of what is farmland in the area selling for, right? The uh -huh. second thing is we're going to do is we're going to do an income analysis to say, what kind of income does this farm make now? What kind of income does this farm have the potential to make, right? And how much investment would it make to bring that income up to the level it, it needs to be brought up to? And so it's first a, a comparison, and then it's second, it's an income analysis. And then once we've done that, we can formulate an offer and know what our know you know what we want to do with it. Mm -hmm. Is there a holding period you are looking for? Um. You know, for us, we, we're focused on buying assets, continuing to add farmland, right? For us, uh -huh. it's all about the income they produce and, and the, the equity that, that, that they create. Um, we don't necessarily worry about the, the, the scale of like how long we're going to own them, whether it's three years or five years, but that's pretty, pretty good horizon for us. Okay. Uh, so I understand you have farmlands or you are uh, looking to buy farmlands in different states. So how does your team manage them in this uh, different states? Yeah, first, if you, you buy big enough so you can put management into place on properties, right? But we uh -huh. also bring people out to our Weezer Idaho farm and we do training. Um, and so we train our farm leaders out there. We have multiple houses. And so they come into our primary farm and, and they might be six months or a year uh, before they go out to, to lead one, uh, one of our other farms. We also do concentrated focus. And so we're not buying just randomly in random parts of the country, right? Um, mm -hmm. We just you know, bought our third farm in, in Weezer, Idaho. Um, we're looking at buying a second farm in Tennessee right now. And so we continue to expand, you know, within the territories and areas that we're currently buying. Okay. What would you say are some of the risks investing in farmland? Oh, that's an interesting question. You know, I think weather is always a risk, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's why you have to have the right insurances and the right government subsidies, right? To make sure that, you know, even if the weather becomes a challenge or becomes an issue, um, that you're able to overcome it and you're able to handle it. I think that part of it is important to know. Um, for us, the nice part mm -hmm. is, is being an equity-based REIT, we will always make income from our farms, right? But 
on years where there was, let's say we make less income as the farms continue to grow in equity, then our investor shares will continue to grow in, in stock value. Right. And if you look at farmland for the last hundred years, right, there's not really a time where it's gone backwards in value. It's con- progressively grown, right? It might take a, a, a couple month hit, but it just keeps growing in value. There's only so mm-hmm. much farmland. The amazing part too, is with the billionaires that are out there, you know, buying farms and taking them out of production, it makes those of us who are buying farms and putting them into production um, that much more profitable. Um, because when you have less supply, right, you have more demand. And so we found mm-hmm. over the years that, that that's really effective. From an investor's standpoint, what do they get when they invest with you? I mean, are they getting both cash flow and appreciation? Yeah, they're getting both. Okay. And what's the minimum amount to invest? Yeah, into the farmland and development REIT into rad land, it's a $5,000 minimum investment. <laughs> um, let's talk about the MetaFund. You ha- the MetaFund is open or uh, about to open? No, so currently we're in a development phase with our Metaverse investments, right? And so what that means is we're spending about $100,000 a month and to buying and selling Metaverse properties. Now we're doing that under the RAD Diversified umbrella. So it's a part of RAD Diversified REIT. Um, it's a part of our research and development mm-hmm. arm of RAD Diversified REIT. I know you have been doing your research on investing in the land in metaverse. Can you tell us what have you found? What what, what did you learn? What do we learn? I mean, I think the same principles apply to metaverse real estate as that applies to every other real estate, right? Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, you want to talk about location. Like location is mm-hmm. incredibly important within within Meta. Knowing that you have the traffic of people, that you have the doors, that you have the people that are visiting, you have the people that are coming by is incredibly important, right? I think as a part of that location though, is what is the business plan? What is the income model, right? Is that mm-hmm. metaverse gonna be around for a long time? Is it gonna continue to be there, right? And you have your blue chips, which are your ones that are gonna you know, be there in the beginning, they're gonna be there in the end. And then you have your high risk ones that you know they may or may not succeed. The ones that succeed, you know, will do a hundred X return. The ones that don't succeed, obviously, you know, you don't want to put a lot of money into those, right? And so it's about a balanced investing. Um, and it's about finding those ones that are, you know, rapidly ex- succeeding. Yeah, so you are testing this and you, 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 invest in, in, uh, you invest some of your money into the metaverse land. Uh, how did they perform? Um, they've been doing well. They've been doing well. So our individual meta properties you know, have grown in value, have grown in their, their ETH value, have grown in their crypto value, right? Now, we're not a big crypto company, so we're mostly focused on the real estate side of it, but the currency they use in, in, in Meta, right, is typically mm-hmm. ETH. And so that, that, as that has really climbed in value, you know, our Meta investments have really grown in value. You know, that went from $700 just a month or two ago uh, mm-hmm. to almost $2,000 now. And so that, that's pretty mind-blowing when you think of that kind of investment growing at that kind of pace. And so it's been really good to us. You know, I got my guys out of the the realm right before the crypto winter hit, right? When crypto dropped uh, so much in value. And then I got them back in right near the bottom. And so, you know, we've done incredibly well with it. 
Okay, so what would you say are the most important factors to identify the correct parcel to invest? Like you said, yeah. it may be location. What, what, what yeah, else? location, right? So one yeah. thing, diversity is important because you're going to have mm. ones that are going to succeed and ones that aren't going to succeed in the metaverse, right? And so it's not about putting a bunch of your money or a bunch of your assets into one thing. It's about putting a very small amount of money into a lot of different things. And then you're going to see the ones that 10x or 20x or 100x in value. And that makes up for the ones that you know don't really grow or don't do much. And so it, it, is, it is a little bit of a game, right? Um, and so what I went and did is I identified you know, two individuals that were making great money in the metaverse. And I went and recruited them. I brought them into the Rad Diversified team. So I think that's, you know, really smart for us is to have the expert knowledge and the background and the experience to be able to succeed in it. And so before I go on a broad scale with our meta, right, I said, well, let's go and do this for a year. Let's test it. Let's make sure it works. Um, let's find out what the pitfalls are. Let's find out what the pluses, what the minuses are. Um, and let, let's develop, you know, our own rad strategy, just like we have in, in the rest of our real estate over the years. And we've done really well with it. Okay. And. I remember you mentioned that uh, when you invest in metaverse, you cannot really buy them below market value. Is it true? And so if that's true, that doesn't mean appreciation is the only way to make profit. Yeah, so it, it's very interesting, right? So what mm -hmm. you want to do in the metaverse, it's not about buying below market value. It's about being in the right ones early but also mm. being in the, the, the right popular ones, you know, for the long term. Like one of the things is like, you know, the brand Nike, right? Mm. And so with Nike, we went and bought their first NFT that came out, right? And we went and bought some of their first uh, properties that started to exist into, into the NFT land. Now, I would say, you know, those are some blue chip buys because Nike isn't going anywhere, right? Um, they're a tried and proven tested company that's been around a very, very long time. And I'm not trying to be political, right? There's people that love that company and people that don't love that company. For us, it's about just making good investments that we know we're going to, you know, sustain the test of time. Okay. Many people think Metaverse is just digital real estate. I actually remember one of your investors asked about this question and you said it's not just digital real estate. What, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm not sure what, what exactly they mean by that, right? It's more than just digital real estate, right? When yeah. you talk about blockchain and you talk about things that, that are built um, to last, that are built to stay, that, that, that's very important to understand and, and, and to know, right? Um, and there's going to be, you know, the gaming industry is, is grown uh, tremendously, right? If anybody doesn't know somebody who plays video games, then they're probably a liar, right? And and so, you know, the fact is, is that knowing what's going to remain and beat the test of time uh, mm. is, is extremely important. The yeah. real estate that's in there is, how do I put this? It's like the Mississippi River, right? Um, mm -hmm. In China, what's the biggest river? Changjiang. Changjiang. Is that, did I say that right? Yes. So, Perfectly. you know, these two rivers, right, whether it's in China or it's in the United States are some of the biggest rivers in the world, right? It doesn't matter what boat goes into those rivers. It doesn't matter what storm hits or what happens. Those two rivers are going to run fast. Um, they're going to be wide. They're going to big, be big. They're going to be deep. 
our goal, right, is to make sure we put the net into the water and we catch the fish. Um, and, and those rivers are going to keep running no matter what. And so for us, it's about finding those correct rivers. And those yeah. correct rivers are going to be the ones where we want to continue to fish. So by the correct rivers, do you mean the correct platform? Because I know that there are multiple metaverse platforms. Yeah, the, e each metaverse, right, is its own platform, it, it, its own world, right? There's yeah. the decentralized, right, platforms, the ones, you know, there's different metaverses where you can go from one to the next to the next, right? And, and forgive me, anybody who's a, a, a meta genius, right, will uh -huh. hear me talk about meta, and I probably sound like an elementary or a junior high person, right? <laughs> um, what I'm smart about, right, is business investments and about hiring and recruiting amazing people. And so that's why we brought incredible people onto our meta team, right? Alan Pan asked me not that long ago, Dutch, he was like, how did you read what was happening in the crypto world, right? How did you read what was going to happen in the meta world as it went up and it went down? I said, well, Alan, what I'm really good about is reading between the lines. I can read the tea leaves. And so when I start seeing certain press releases, I start seeing certain government actions, I start seeing certain businesses investing in different parts of the metaverse, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I can read between the lines about what's being said, right? Um, and as the market moves, I know how to move before the market happens. And so then what I do is I go and give that information to my meta team. And I let them know what's happening and what's going on. And what they do is then they go into the metaverse, they go into the, their crypto investing, and then they make the investments and they make the moves that they know they need to make, right? And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, all my investors who, you know, pulled pulled money out of, you know, crypto when the winter was was about to hit, you know, were, were very, very happy. And those who who didn't hear or listen to me, you know, weren't very happy um, because they, they, they weren't paying attention. One of the things about Rad Diversified is we're always very present. We're very much in the marketplace. We're not just a company who has a lot of capital or just a technology firm, right? We're a company with incredible people that work here at Rad Diversified who stay ahead of the game. They're constantly researching. They're constantly mm -hmm. dissecting what the right move is, what the right investment is, right? Um, you know, yeah. our team is analyzing every single new meta, every single new ICO, every single new Thing that's happening in the cryptoverse on a daily basis morning noon and night right then there that's the micro part of it and then the macro part of it is understanding how the market's moving how the world is, is changing how hyperinflation is affecting things how high high interest rates are affecting things it, mm -hmm. it, it if you know that everything has already happened before Everything that is, every economic cycle, everything that happens financially has already happened. And it's a repetitive cycle. And so if you're able to understand what's happening in the cycle and able to read the cycle, you can take advantage and win with the cycle. And look, my job, right, is to win mm -hmm. for my investors. My job is, you know, to beat our competition, but also just to do what Rad does and do it extraordinarily well. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the platforms are you investing in after all your research? Yeah, your question cut out a little bit, but it sounded like you asked what metaverse are we investing into? What have we invested into? So like some of the ones we're holding are some blue chips like like Doodles and, and Azuki, Moonbird, right? Um, in the past, we, we did Treeverse. Um, some of the ones that, you know, we're currently in and out of pretty frequently now are Sandbox, the 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 Nike um, Frogland, right? The Nike, like I mentioned before. And then mm. one of the things we're looking at right now, and I, this is always fun for people, right? What's, what's on the cutting edge, right? What are we looking at the next investment? the next big one for us right one well 
well, Gilded, right, merged with QuickBooks. Um, and so that's an accounting software, accounting firm. So it's something we're looking at, you know, pretty strategically and, and, and how, you know, that investment is going to work and whether that would be a, a good future one for us. So that gives you probably just a quick synopsis. But, you know, our teams are in and out of things as many as, you know, five to 10 of them, right, on any any given mm-hmm. month, depending on, you know, what's happening with, with the market. And so it, it's a very live animal, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's not like our traditional read investing where we invest in a property and we're holding it for three to five years, right? Um, we have stuff that we're holding long-term, right? Like Doodles and Azuki. We also have stuff that we're moving in and out of pretty frequently. Okay, so I understand when you invest in the traditional rates, um, people get their shares and the share price is determined by the, uh, the value of the real estate you are holding. So how do you determine the value of the land in Metaverse? Who decide how much they, they worth? Yeah, it's, so it's a net asset value, just like it is in real estate, right? Uh-huh. And so there's a couple of things. One is what is the price of something selling at, right? So like every single day, it's a commodity, you know, like like milk. You know what the price of milk is, or you know what the price of gasoline is every single day. So within individual properties within the meta, right? Within individual Mm. NFTs, they have a value, right? And there's standards and there's boards and there's ways to understand the value of that. But on a secondary standpoint, right? That value is usually recorded in ETH. Well, then ETH Mm. has a dollar value. And so that dollar value helps us determine, you know, what is the current value for us in the REIT? Now, it's very fascinating. It's a dynamic um, that Mm -hmm. is a little bit mind-blowing, right? Because the value of your NFT could actually go up, but if the value of ETH were to go down, you might actually break even. And so you were looking for the double win, right? You're looking for stuff where the value of your your NFT is growing. Um, and you're also, you know, believing that, you know, the the currency of ETH or Bitcoin is continue to grow in value too. Okay. So the value changes very fast. And would the share price change fast too or no, no, no. For us, for us, our, our meta meta investing, right, uh-huh. um, isn't even one percent of our our total value within within Rad Diversified, and so it's a very small amount of money. I know it's a hundred thousand dollars a month that we're putting put into the metaverse, right? But that that's a, a micro when you're talking about fifty million, seventy five million in total capital invested. And so, you know, for us, we're in that what I call research and development phase. Yes, we take mm-hmm. it very seriously. And yes, our plan is, you know, and what we're doing is making money for our investors with it. But you know, our our whole of Rad Diversified, right? The other, you know, ninety nine point, you know, eight percent or ninety nine point five percent, right, is invested in, you know, real estate, both, you know, our housing real estate and our farmland real estate. Do you have a plan to set up a separate fund for metaverse in investing? Yeah, my belief is we as a year passes, right? And come come early next year, we'll be at a year of investing into the metaverse, right? And as a year passes and we have that track record and history of successfully doing it for over a year, um, then we will open our first, you know, real estate investment trust uh, in the metaverse. And and you know, our goal is to be the first company, you know, in America to be able to open up a REIT in in the metaverse. So people, a lot of people don't realize that crypto is taxed by the IRS, you know, as as a real estate vehicle and a REIT mm-hmm. is a is a tax vehicle. 
And so for us, you know, we'll open a traditional, you know, SEC qualified reggae and the metaverse, and, and then we will, you know, work on qualifying that under the IRS as, as a REIT designation. So uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool how the, the, whole, the whole whole industry works and how I feel like, you know, we're, we're at the, the very cutting edge. You know, one of the things about Rad Diversified, you've been around us a long time. And I don't want to get too much into the weeds of technology and the future mm-hmm. and cutting edge, even though we have to constantly be paying attention to it. But mm-hmm. foundational investing, buying in the right location, buying the right type of properties based on what the economics and what the marketplace is, is what Rad Diversified is all about. Now, the only mm-hmm. way we can do that today is two years ago, right? We were paying attention to what we were going to be doing two years later three years later, because the market shifts Mm -hmm. and you have to be ahead of the market. If you wait till the market has moved, you know, to buy things, to sell things, then you're already too late. So for us, we're paying attention to where the market's headed, where the market's shifting and where we need to have our investments. It all comes back to, even for me, when you talk Mm -hmm. about investing differently based on the markets, it all comes back to location. Um, Even in the metaverse, it comes back to location. Now, mm-hmm. location is analyzed differently within the metaverse than it is within uh, Tampa, Florida, or Houston, Texas, or Los Angeles, California, or uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right? Each of the different markets we invest in, you know, is analyzed differently. Um, and if you understand the market and you can read the market, then you know where to buy. Yeah, true. That's a very interesting idea to open a separate fund for metaverse so in your opinion what would this fund for and not for say again uh in your opinion what is the metaverse fund for and what it is not for well it's for making money right and so (laughs) so so everything we do is about you know our, our goal is you know in the simplest form is is our investors give us money my job is to increase their stock price value so when they're ready to you know sell their stock that they make money right um and we've been doing it a long time right for over a decade people have been investing with us and we, they've been making money right no one in the history of investing with us has ever lost money think about that for a minute yeah this is a, a big world um there's been a lot of economic ups a lot of economic downs i made it through the 2008 crash i made it through the 2020 pandemic as an investor and succeeded um and and i'm just you know here's my thing is is we love this stuff we're living it every single day you know we're not getting to that phase where you know we're um retiring or we're not getting to that phase where like i'm i feel like we're in our prime um we're we're literally in in the the most important phase of of our investing life as a company uh, and we're growing more every single day you know we went from 35 employees to 190 employees uh amongst the rad companies in the last two and a half years I mean, that's pretty amazing and my yeah. my team and my people are as dedicated to our investors as you all of you can see that i am right now i we love this stuff yeah what kind of person would you say are they they should not get into this metaverse investing. Um, if, if you're opposed to risk, right? So one of the things I think the nice part about being a non-traded public REIT mm-hmm. is we we have to uh, abide by all the guidelines that any public company has to abide by. We have to be audited. We have to go through the SEC qualification. Um, and so mm-hmm. so we like to feel like we're a very stable 
investment when it comes to our stock price. Um, it, it doesn't change just because of a politician or somebody else changes the winds of investing. But I've always told people that I feel like the metaverse investing is very speculative and very high risk. And so for us with Red, diversified, we only put a small money amount of money in that. Remember that all money should be put into buckets, right? And so Rad Diversified, we have what's called our research and development, and that's our high risk bucket, right? And less than 10% of all Rad money is invested into that, right? We also have our super low risk bucket, bucket, right? Our very traditional, uh, very cookie cutter, right? Investing that we do, and that's about 10% of our bucket. And then our other 80%, right, is our moderate risk uh, where we invest in, you know, under market, off market real estate values, value at value add plays, right? Um, increased income plays on, 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 on assets and, and real estate. And so, you know, we balance our investments very specifically for those reasons. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, that's so we nailed it. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks, Young. I always appreciate to sharing with you and, and your tribe. You guys have been, you know, very great investors with us and, and you know, your, your people, you know, really treat my team well and my team loves working with them. And, and, you know, I always appreciate your insight into the market and industry. So thank, thanks for being here. Yeah, sure. I'm looking forward to see your new successes. Your, I wish you, you, you have good luck in your new adventures in yeah. Madworst or farmland or thank you for listening to the rad podcast explore wealth if you would like more information visit our website www.raddiversified.com that's www.raddiversified.com if you enjoyed what you're listening to leave us a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform for more content visit our youtube channel the rad podcast explore wealth